G'day, our sport community. Welcome back to another edition of Our Conversations. This time, we've got a dynamic double act, Jasper Pittard and Tom Campbell from AFL Players for Climate Action. The charity aims to raise awareness about climate change among footy fans and the wider community, using AFLM and AFLW players and their wide reach to promote urgent but achievable climate action. Jasper suited up more than 150 times at footy's highest level, and Tom is currently listed at St Kilda. But how many other players are keen to do their bit to tackle irreversible climate change? Turns out there's a bucket load. I was keen to know how the team were harnessing this interest. On a topic where there's a lot of information available, I'm glad people like Jasper and Tom are on the front line. Let's delve a little deeper. Jasper Pittard, Tom Campbell, fantastic to have you both in the R Conversations studio. This is a conversation I've been looking forward to having for for quite a while, and it's one we've had signposted um, in our heads for for quite a time. Um, you guys are obviously with AFL Players for Climate Action, a registered charity and non for profit targeting climate action within the AFL industry. Uh, great to have you both in the studio. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, Kit. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. Thanks, Kit. Thanks, Anne. Just as a little bit of a, a background, Tom Campbell, current player with the St Kilda Football Club, debut imminent, I'm sure. 42 games with the Bulldogs, 12 at North Melbourne. Jasper Pittard, 157 games, now retired, 126 at Port Adelaide, 31 at North Melbourne. Delisted, not retired. <laughs> it's very open and honest. It's a really good start to the chat, actually. I'm interested in the genesis of AFL players for climate action. Where did it all start and how did you two come to work together on the project? Was it just something that was always there bubbling in the background or was there a particular moment that really kicked things off? Jasper, I'll, I'll start with you. Well, I think I think we both had our own individual pathways into caring a bit more about climate action, but I think I guess we both got to North Melbourne at the same time the end of 2018 and uh, I knew sort of the first time I met Tom that he was, a, he was a guy I'd get along with really well. It did actually take a little bit of time for us to kind of spend more meaningful time together uh, at the club because, um, you know, just the way the way it happens when you've got 50 blokes all around you all the time. But it was kind of in the hub when we were sent up to Queensland in the pandemic where we started really forming a bit more of a closer bond and really connecting over stuff like this. Like I think we both love talking non-footy stuff and, um, yeah, I guess it was pretty – it was not long after sort of the, the bushfires, the black summer bushfires that we were kind of starting this more broader conversation about climate change and the impacts – that was having on these natural disasters and I think we were kind of just over time drawn to each other with through these conversations and it kind of all went from there but I think prior to that personally um, it's been something I'd been kind of gaining my passion for over a number of years and probably born out of frustration by watching things like An Inconvenient Truth and those kind of documentaries that were making me really annoyed about the state of the world and but not knowing what I could do or where to start and I think the beauty of having these conversations with friends or colleagues or whatever it is, is you actually feel like you gain the support and actually gives you a bit of direction on how you can tackle it personally and, you know, collectively. So that's sort of, I guess, how I see it starting. It's interesting you should mention the fact that non-footy conversations aren't necessarily something that happen a lot in a professional sports setting. 
was the attraction of having a conversation that wasn't necessarily about footy part of what really got the ball rolling with AFL players for climate action, Tom? Well, I think this the the really start of the conversation was, you know, around the Black Summer bushfires and, you know, there, there is often just a lot of footy chat, you know, around the club, but it was the first time that I'd really seen a lot of players engage in sort of a, a current event um, like like we saw with the uh, the Black Summer bushfires. You know, it was so... Uh, it was so in your face. It was so um, it was so full on. We had a very minor impact with you know our training being moved indoors because of the smoke. But I think a lot of the players were really struck by the images that we were all seeing of you know people and communities right around Australia, especially you know in New South Wales, um, you know being impacted by you know the bushfires. You look at those images from some Malacuta of you know people having to be evacuated from the beaches. Um, you know it was really devastating, and I think. Um, you know, the conversation we're having there that I was hearing players talk about, you know, climate change, you know, is this climate change? Um, you know, it was really striking and, yeah, it, it was parked for a little while once, you know, the pandemic struck and, and we sort of went into the hub. But, um, yeah, when we had some time in the hub, you know, Jasper and I were really, um, you know, looking for something to to engage with outside of footy and, and you know, that conversation that we'd had earlier in the year around the bushfires um, and climate change, you know, really came up again. And um, yeah, that's where we really did start um, this group, AFL Players for Climate Action. It's interesting how one event, namely in this case, the Black Summer bushfires can really just cause an avalanche effect really where the conversation is suddenly being had everywhere. We chatted very briefly just before we started recording about the fact that there are lots of AFL and AFLW players who are interested in climate action and environmental concerns for a variety of reasons, both individual and big picture stuff. Uh, what are some examples of, of those sort of specific concerns that, that people have and, and players have on an individual level? Yeah, it's something that really struck me uh, as we started this group because I, you know, I wasn't probably as educated about you know, climate action and, you know, climate change as um, I, I sort of thought I needed to be. And, you know, by engaging and having the conversation with lots of other players, I realised that, you know, the reasons that the players have for being concerned about climate change and, and wanting to take action are really varied. We've got players who, uh, you know, have just become parents and, you know, they're really concerned for the future for their kids. Um, you know, we've got players who have, you know, deep connection to country and, um, you know, want to safeguard that, um, you know, for, for their culture and for future generations. Uh, we've got players who, you know, are really politically minded and are really frustrated and um, want to see more action from our government. So, uh, you know, for for me, that was really eye-opening to see all those different perspectives and um, it's been a huge educational journey for me um, and I know for Jasper as well um, to actually have these conversations. I mean, I can tell you from a personal perspective, this is probably the most I've spoken about climate change already in about the last year or so. I know it's always kind of bubbling away, but even, you know, in the messaging you see in the media, in articles you read, TV segments, just even the conversations you, you do have or that I've had, so much of the focus on climate change and combating climate change, you hear about 2030, about targets for 2050. So much of it to me at least seems like miles and years and years in the future. And I think maybe that's probably 
at least for some people, fostering some kind of a false sense of, oh, we'll get there eventually and not worrying about the things we can do day to day. What do you guys try to do in terms of really bringing that focus to the here and now as opposed to things that are vague and years in the future? Yeah, I think it's a good point. Like, and and being a city dwelling boy myself, like I have often felt detached from those kind of effects. And I think you know we talked about the bushfires. I mean, I'm seeing that visually on TV and in in, in the news, but I, I'm not actually that personally physically being impacted like so many families and people around Australia were. But I think what you're seeing now is that. Yeah, that that sort of feeling of what's oh, so far down in the future, we'll, we'll get it, get it done eventually. Is actually, I think people are starting to realise that no, nah, it's it actually that future is actually now. And so many, and we're seeing it right now with the floods, which is terrible, and it's really hard to watch that again because it feels just like a you know a repeat of the bushfires, you know, but you know, on a bit of a different scale. So it's sort of really hard to to watch but I think it's really opening people's eyes up to the fact that it isn't in the future anymore it's actually happening it's actually been happening for decades but you know um we've all been so consumed with you know everything else that goes on in our daily lives which is you know fair enough as well um so I think a big part of what we want to do as a group is is leverage you know the reach we have as as players like there's a lot of people who love footy it's the number one code in the country um you know millions and millions of people tune in but you know these days with the social media and the profile that players have and the brands that they're trying to build, you know, personal brands outside of just being a footy player is that they have that reach and they have passions outside of the game. And I think fans are really receptive to that. So if we can, you know, leverage a bit of that reach and and try and educate um, the players, but then also the fans off the back of that about, you know, what's happening right here, right now, and what, what we can all do individually and collectively to hopefully get this country and, you know, the world to where it needs to get to, um, that's that's what we need to do and that's sort of the big driver um, behind AFL players for climate action. And, you know, we use our social media, uh, social media channels to kind of educate fans on the day-to-day things that they can do, um, you know, thinking about their waste um, and, and, and things like that, um, you know, reusable products, all those like little things which probably don't seem like they're doing heaps to a lot of people but, you know, collectively they make a massive difference but also – yeah, just educating about those really broader topics that um, are super important. You mentioned the collective impact that AFL players can have and AFLW players in terms of reaching quite a broad audience and there are so many footy fans. I guess if the, the extrapolation of that was kind of your work with front runners and the cool down, um, with, it was actually a multi-sport project, it wasn't just AFL. Uh, Emma Pocock was involved with that and, and she's become intrinsic in AFL players for, for climate action as well. Tell me a little, a little bit about the other people behind the scenes making the, the wheels go with you guys at the moment. Yeah, we've been really fortunate to have the support of Front Runners, which is a, a wonderful organisation uh, led by Emma Pocock um, that supports athletes to uh, take uh, climate action steps in in their own lives and in their careers and and using their their platforms as professional athletes. Um, so it's been, you know, great to have their support um, and has really accelerated the work that we're doing. Um, and I think the cool down um, is just a great example of, um, you know, athletes using their you know collective power to to really sort of shine a light on an issue and, um, you know, 
in the instance of the, the cool down, it was great to see more than 400 athletes sign from more than 40 sports. Um, but we were really proud that more than 180 AFL players signed and the AFL Players Association. So, you know, we know that um, that this is a really important issue to our players uh, in, in both the M and the W competitions. And, um, you know, we were really, really proud when that many players um, signed up to talk about you know, making sure Australia reaches net zero before 2050 and, and more than halving our carbon emissions by 2030. So that's um, that was a really important uh, message that athletes wanted to send ahead of COP26. Um, and, you know, I think that in itself is um, even not quite an, an ambitious enough target, but really great that so many athletes were able to sign. And it's just great that Frontrunners is able to pull together so many athletes from so many different sports. The cool down, it almost reads like a, you just look at the list and the household names, the Lance Franklins, the Darcy Vessios, like unbelievable names on this list. It almost reads like a, um, oh, what's the, I'm trying to think of the word for what it is, a public ledger of, uh, an, an honor board or a, it's unbelievable. It's so cool. And it's, uh, I imagine I read your name in there, Jasper, of course, Tom, your name. Very cool. I want to bring it back a little bit to the actual process of, of garnering interest in AFL players for climate action in the playing community. How did you go about that? And was it kind of a slow burn or did you find that people were, players were really jumping out of their seats to, to get involved? Well, it probably started, I mean, the initial concept happened in the hub, as we mentioned before, and we connected with a couple of players in that hub, which was a bit of a bizarre situation we're in we were sharing our last hotel in that period with with a few teams um and tom hickey was playing for west coast at the time now the swans obviously but here's one of the first players we we just crossed paths in the hotel rooms and um yeah we said hey do you want to have a coffee and let's talk about this idea we've got and whether you'd be interested so those like those little organic chats like that were really gave us a lot of optimism and, and they're really promising about I think there could be quite a few players who who are really willing to sort of at least have those kind of conversations. And once we took the idea a bit further, you know, got got the kind of approval from M. Pocock and and some really great support from the Players Association in in um, uh, Beck Beck Chitty and and Paul Marsh, then they gave us the opportunity. Uh, me specifically at that time because I wasn't playing footy. Tom was still running around for the Kangas and uh, the the Players Association visit um, clubs. You know sort of biannually annually to talk about all the important issues that they need to and they gave us a, a really good little opportunity to, to spruik the the concept of AFL plays for climate action and we put together a little kind of video with the help of the PA which was just talking about the issues and, and kind of the opportunity we have as a playing group. Um, we did a little survey and yeah, I wasn't really sure what was going to come of it but this was the test to kind of give us the green light whether there was enough interest and uh, basically just from sort of the survey results and the conversations I had in, in those different visits was, um, yeah, we had, I think we surveyed a little bit over 600 players and yeah, 92% indicated a level of concern for, for um, you know, around climate, not just, not just um, you know, generally, but like the impacts that it might have on the game and the future of the game like pretty soon. Um, and yeah, we gave them the opportunity to leave details if they would like to be involved in a group. Um, and yeah, we had two, over 270 players sort of leave, you know, name and email and put them in a database and sort of gone from there. So a lot of a lot of last year for me was going into each club, which does take time, particularly in a pandemic. And but probably the really great 
part of like the engagement we've had is actually players seeking us out and us setting up you know half an hour zoom chats and we've just done so many great ones of them over the course of the last sort of 12 to 18 months and just sitting you know we're all sick of zoom but these opportunities to just connect with a player one-on-one and understand why they're here why they wanted to catch up what drives them around climate um and we've just learned so much and i think you know tom mentioned before about the different um, motivations people have we that we learned that you know there's there's an array of different reasons why people care about this where they're from um you know kids all that stuff so um it has been a slow burn because um once footy season kicks in you know priorities go towards competing and that's totally fair enough and i guess the challenges of trying to make this a more of a priority in everyone's day-to-day lives that is a big challenge and you know it's kind of where we need to get to like if we could make climate action in the top three priority of everyone's lives that would be good but the reality is everyone sort of has busy lives and 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 there's so many other things that we're you know trying to deal with so it's definitely a slow burn at times but we we're super optimistic by these conversations we've had with a number of players and you know particularly the AFLW players, they're just um, really passionate, really passionate, really um, really um, giving us a lot of time as well and never really helped with some of our like media launch and that kind of stuff as well. So I guess being informed by the actual, you know, conversations you have with AFL players and AFLW players is it's got to be the best place to start, right? You know, what makes these people tick? Why are they concerned? We had a pretty fortunate situation. We got Neil Morris Dalton in um, from the AFLW Bulldogs side in for a podcast recently. And you can just tell <laughs> how passionate she is uh, about the issue. So uh, if even uh, if people are even half as pumped as Neil is about combating climate change, I think you guys will really stand in good stead going forwards. Um, that's for sure. It just helps to motivate motivate us as well. You know, when we when you meet somebody like Nell with this sort of infectious enthusiasm, but also passion and and you know to a large extent like anger and frustration as well, um, you can't help but um, sort of take on a bit of that yourself. So it's really motivating for us to, you know, catch up with really passionate people like now. And, um, you know, we're really excited to work with, with them. And it's really important. It's always been really important for Tom and I since the outset. It's like this is this has got to be player driven. It's for the players, by the players. And, you know, I guess we're running things operationally and getting things set up. But we don't want this to be a group, the Tom and Jasper making decisions for everything group. So if we don't have the buy-in from the players and the direction from the players, then like it's not really going to work. So, um, but that makes it great because it's based on connection. And I think, you know, to use sort of the footy analogies, it's it's a team team game, it's teamwork and building a community just, you know, you can do, it, there's only so much you can do as an individual and by yourself, but once you start building that team, that community, like the pressure builds and you can just achieve a lot more. So we're really excited by just continuously to build that community over time. Um, and I think what we've seen, particularly with when we launched in, you know, publicly in last October, is people will jump behind something when they feel that sense of team and community. Um, before we launch, you know, there's a lot of apprehension from players to use their platform and um, and rightly so because you're worried about the backlash and people telling you to, you know, stick to playing footy and why you, why you're getting involved in politics even though this shouldn't be a political issue. But... Once we launched publicly, you could just sense that the the players we've been speaking with are really willing to kind of jump on board, and they felt like oh, I've got something that to, to stand behind. So 
Yeah, that was a really important thing and making sure we give the players ownership at all times to really take this in a direction they want to as well so it's not just about what we want. Does garnering opinions and information from players, sure you have conversations and ask individuals questions, what kind of tactics do you guys use to actually get a a bigger picture of the thoughts and and what's going on in the AFL, AFL players um, in their minds regarding these issues? How do you go about that? On a large scale, it's that um, survey that we've been able to do to just get some thoughts and attitudes. Um, and that's something that we would like to do more of to be able to get sort of a, a large snapshot of the, the broader playing group. But, you know, at, the, at this stage as we've been starting out, it's just about really having great in-depth one-on-one conversations with players. And, you know, one of the you know early questions was about, you know, all the different reasons and motivations that players have for for getting involved. And I think that has been just an incredible insight for us. So, you know, particularly at these early stages, you know, finding the most uh, engaged and, um, you know, concerned and connected players um, is really important. And then finding the reasons why they are motivated to take action, uh, I think really helps to shape this group um, in the early stages. And then sort of moving forward, it's really going to be important to, to get that sort of snapshot of the broader group. And so that we can have a sense of, you know, their levels of concern, their, but also their levels of education around the issue as well um, and you know, where the gaps are and where we can sort of target some, um, some of our education and um, some of our actions and, uh, and, you know, where we can tell stories that might motivate, um, you know, players to get more involved and also footy fans too. I know the process of leading up to the launch last October was a grind, obviously a mountain of work and a lot of grinding went into getting the organization ready for launch in October of last year. Uh, What sort of a process was that like in just getting things ready, making sure every box was ticked and that, you know, it can be quite a red tape laden industry and working and becoming a a charity and a a non-for-profit and making sure that, yeah, it's all above board and you guys have covered all bases. What kind of work went into that? I think at the early stage we were really keen to just get started and launch and, and make it public and get, um, you know, as many players on board and, and talk to our fans. And I think then we also really quickly realised that um, that this was a really important and powerful idea and, and one that can have a lot of influence um, and... We needed to do it properly, and I think we're, I'm really glad that we took the time to actually do a lot of strategic planning to, um, you know, think about what our goals and and our and our strategies are as as an organisation, and um, you know, put some some really great processes in place so that we can have as much impact as possible. Um, and working towards that launch was a lot of work, and we put a lot of thought into. Um, not just how we set ourselves up as a not-for-profit and, and ticking all those boxes, but also into sort of branding and communication strategy and, and our messaging and and also, you know, providing training for players so that they felt comfortable to talk about um, this issue um, and that they felt like they had the skills and support and also, you know, the the community of other players around them so that they weren't isolated in in sharing that message. So, um, you know, there was there was a lot of work from from a range of different areas, and I think what was really heartening for me, and what made me feel great about sort of entering this sort of network of people who are, you know, involved in climate action, uh, is that everyone throws their support behind you, and so we have had sort of 
leading experts, you know, people from the Climate Council and, you know, you know, PhDs coming out of their ears, um, prepared to jump on a Zoom call and, and chat to us about um, even the fundamentals of climate change, Climate Change 101, um, talk about our messaging and be prepared to, you know, provide notes and, and thoughts about, you know, how we're, um, how we're, you know, landing our key messages. Um, so, you know, I think we're, we're really um, just really fortunate to be, um, you know, surrounded by so many really great and um, smart people who are really, um, you know, concerned about the future for, for all of us and are concerned about this, about this issue that is happening right now. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of thought into, to every sort of component of what we're doing. The launch was in October and there might be a bit of a, a sense that not much has happened since then, but we have again, been working really hard on making sure that the next steps land really well. And there's going to be a lot more coming, um, later in the year. I guess it's goes without saying, but knowing who you are as an organization is as important as anything in that space, I imagine, and knowing your messages, knowing your information, being informed by science and evidence in this particular space, and just knowing what you're kind of putting together. It's very clear that you guys have put in heaps of work in that regard. I guess on a more creative level, I'm interested in the branding and the look of the organization. How did you go about pitching that and coming up with Things like logos, things like color color schemes and, and branding. Jasper, I may as well start with you. Yeah, well, we were fortunate to to work with an agency based in Sydney called Goodness, who um, yeah, we're a branding agency who like to align with um, uh, groups and organisations doing good for the world, and 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 I guess we were a good fit for them. So it was a really it was a really interesting process. Like it was really fun, um, and it was great to sort of be a part of something like that from start to finish, particularly when it's something, you know, I guess it was our baby wanting to make sure it was done well, but we really wanted to draw on footy and that stuff. Um, We want it to be a really cool looking branding and and, and all that kind of thing, but we really wanted to draw on that footy stuff, like being part of a team, a culture, and you'll notice, you know, a lot of that one team, one goal and um, our future, our game, kind of the messaging is about drawing on the the, the real footy stuff. Um, And yeah, I guess I think, all that stuff, like the color and 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 uh, the the type that comes with that, was it was led to being really bold, really like strong messages that we could utilize in a, in, a, in a really great variety of ways. And we actually, yeah, we, we brought the play some of our more engaged players in along the journey with you know, how does this land with you? We didn't want to just be like I said before, we don't want to making all the decisions and getting their input. Um, we were really keen to have like a really strong logo and um, I think it's exceeded our expectations because it's actually a logo that can be broken down into like sort of four different components that we are able to utilize over our socials and our website. But yeah, really kind of cool, strong shield type that's quite synonymous with, you know, sport and footy. Um, and yeah, like utilizing sort of the goalposts with the globe, like, yeah, we're really happy with how that landed. But it was a long process. Um as branding probably should be. Um, it was very considered. We were we had worked really closely with goodness the whole way through. There was a lot of feedback and sessions and, and um, you know, towards the end, yeah, we had two concepts that were like, I was definitely keener on one and the rest of the team was keener on another and kind of got to let your ego slip a bit and just work collaboratively, which I think we've done, you know, really well. And I think Tom mentioned this before, like 
making sure we do things right and set this organization up to succeed for like not just a year or two this has to we want this to continue on longer that because we really want we really want this the future of our game and the planet safeguarded and there's got to be people to do that so we've been quite good at even though there's not much time in the climate kind of struggle unfortunately you sometimes do have to take that time to make sure you can have your biggest impact and that branding component was just another part of that if we launched with a you know branding that just didn't land and messaging didn't land and that kind of everything kind of hinges off that um it, uh, you know if, if it wasn't cool if, if our AFL players don't think it's cool which i hope they do i think you know the feedback's been good but if it's not cool then no one's going to want to share share it or you know be involved so that was pretty important in this modern age you got to look pretty cool at times so i, th- I think they think the think we nailed that or goodness nailed that pretty well so but yeah it was just a really great collaborative experience and certainly had its ups and downs and obviously like some long conversations and disagreements but we got there in the end and we're all really happy with where it landed in terms of the challenging nature of coming up with everything you need to start a charity a non-for-profit can you think of anything that you guys found particularly challenging that you had to work through so uh, like a wall you might have come up against and got through or something that maybe might be a continuing challenge going forward we should probably start off with a little shout out to Eloise who has handled all the operations side of stuff and setting all that up which you know not gonna lie I still wouldn't have any idea how to do most of that so we've been so fortunate Eloise is um does operations for front runners and, and, and AFL players with client action. She's an absolute jet. So so fortunate, as as Tom mentioned before, with all the different levels of support we've had. Um, but, yeah, definitely some challenges in terms of this is – well, for me personally, all this is so new to me. Um, you know, I'm just fr- – I was fresh out of footy. I've got real no business savviness, unlike Tom, and I definitely have strengths that I bring to the organization. But a lot of that stuff's just like been a massive learning curve for me, which has been great. I feel like been getting a pretty good crash course on a number of things. And half the time I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and just trying to keep my head above water. But definitely feel like I'm learning a lot as well. So I don't know. I think the steep learning curve has been the biggest challenge. You know, I think uh this all started with a, a conversation around you know, we don't know enough about climate change. This is a serious issue that's impacting us now. We're seeing the effects, you know, how can we as AFL players, but just as people uh, be a part of the solutions. Um, so, you know, the the challenge has been to um, continually try and learn as much as we can, but then off the back of that, you know, setting up an organization, it's it's all the, the components of, you know, setting up a, a not-for-profit and, and trying to organize and, and wrangle other players to be involved and, um, you know, run a, run a media launch that we've never done before. So how do we, you know, sort out our messaging? And, and I think I, I alluded to it in a previous question, but the, the network of, um, you know, people in the, in the climate action space has been just incredible and, you know, hard to shout out. Yeah, everyone individually, but um, it's it, it's just been awesome the amount of support that we've received. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it's it's a really challenging thing to do to to get a an idea into uh, you know an actual uh, organization. But um, you know, I think something that Jasper and I spoke about really early on was um, that we were going to commit to doing this, and that um, we would start by um, just pushing the ball always back into the other person's court. So it was all about momentum. So, you know, when I send something to you, send it straight back 
And I think that sort of grew momentum from a really early stage and um, it's something we've rolled with and, you know, 18 months plus down the line, um, you know, we're starting to see um, starting to see it take shape and, you know, I'm really excited to see where we can take this with lots of players um, because I think once we get a few more players on board and we can start talking to our fans, that's where you really start to see the impact of AFL players for climate action. I think another challenge probably is staying optimistic because <laughs> you know sometimes you think like particularly with everything we're seeing now with the floods it's just like it's pretty grim stuff um and that can be really overwhelming but to try and stay positive and optimistic and focused on the solutions mm. is is challenging at times and i guess for me this becoming kind of my full-time job like that that has been a challenge at times but i think what gives you kind of hope and optimism is you know we've been surrounded by so many smart people scientists who get it and i always ask them like, you've been doing this for 20 30 years how are you still doing this it must be hard if you must feel like you're just banging your head up against the wall but i guess the feedback we've got trying to get sport more active and footy specifically they're excited to see like these people who've been fighting the fight for years and years probably feeling like at times they're getting nowhere to see, okay, good footies now trying to get involved and, and um, players wanting to to see more. They're really like optimistic about the impact that we can have. And that's been great for us because we weren't really sure how this would necessarily land. But it make, to a lot of people, it, it makes sense that sport gets involved because sport will be impacted. And sport is just so important to most Australians, um, particularly footy lovers it's so interesting because and you mentioned the fact that this is you know it's such a new organization and such a new effort i'm surprised that it's taken so long and that it is a new thing i'm shocked that there was not even a semblance of uh climate messaging coming out of um particular sports and professional sports at, at levels across australia i was flabbergasted by that when jasper you mentioned to me that this was something that you were interested in doing i was like isn't that already a, a thing but it, it simply was not the case there's definitely i mean in australia there's definitely like individual athletes who have been fighting good fight and like no better example than david pocock who's sort of been doing it for over a decade with the assistance of his um beautiful wife emma who we've mentioned has been great support for us but uh i think we're the first group that represents sort of a cohort of players from any sport in the world that we know of um which is pretty cool but yeah i mean it's we were like like i guess we should do it because it hasn't been done it is kind of surprising and i think but you know i think in the since we've sort of started you are starting to see a lot of great individuals, particularly around Australia, starting to put the hand up and, and be more vocal about it. And overseas, there's a lot of good stuff happening, but we just need to be a little bit behind here in Australia. So it's about us hopefully accelerating that. I think we even started by trying to find some group that we could join. Um, yeah. And when we realised that there wasn't really a group that kind of fit us, that as you know, AFL players, we've gone, we would better start it ourselves. So you know, that was a bit of the starting point for us, but yeah, I think for a long time this has been an issue that, um, unfortunately, in Australia has been a political one, and uh, you know this affects everybody. This shouldn't be a political conversation. This is a, um, a something that everyone should be concerned about because it affects you, and it, for for whatever reason, but in pretty every, pretty much in every aspect of your life, you'll you know encounter um, climate change in in some way. So. Um, you know, I think for 
for now, you know, we've decided as a, as a group of players that when we can come together and talk about this issue as people and, and, and talk about the impacts that it's having on us, on the communities where we came from, and also just the impacts that it's having on football, I think that we can take it away from that political conversation and really talk about the realities of, um, you know, what climate change is doing to communities right around the country and, you know, all over the world. In terms of the impacts on AFL players and AFLW players specifically, the one that comes to mind for me is just the grounds being rock hard, particularly in summer, when which is when we're seeing AFLW getting fixtured uh, and increased risk of injuries. Like that's a very tangible potential risk that climate change offers up to AFL players. Yeah, and it is, it has been posing risks for particularly AFLW players for you know last yeah you know, probably for the whole time that the competition has been running, um, and that's a massive concern. It's good to see that there's some talk about the season moving to an early, I mean you know a bit later this year, but starting earlier, which is great if that happens. I hope, and I know that there's a lot of the players that we speak to really want to see that happen. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's playing in 40 degree heat is ridiculous and we know summer's hot but it's getting exponentially hotter every year and that is fact so we can't expect our play our AFOW players to continue running out in those extreme weather in, in that extreme heat and you know our AFLW players are playing extreme heat and and we you know do need to move the season so that they're not impacted by the impacts of climate change but the AFL is able to adapt because we've got the resources to be able to move the competition to different times in the year or individual games um, to when, you know, conditions are safe. But community sport isn't able to adapt in that same way. And so, you know, it is community sport that will feel the impacts first and worst of climate change. And, you know, if grounds are unplayable, then kids don't get to go out there and play the games that, that you know, Jasper and I have been lucky enough to play as kids and and love and and get the opportunity to play at the elite level. So, uh, you know, yep, um, AFL and, you know, the elite level can adapt, but it's community sport that is really copping the brunt of this. And that in turn is just going to affect the talent pool in the future if we don't act now because then there just won't be the same amount of talent coming through and that will affect the standard. And not even just that, it's also that, you know, footy clubs you know netball clubs and cricket teams are the heart and soul of you know country towns and you know if they're not able to um you know play on their grounds then that's going to have a huge impact on communities as well even hearing you guys riff about those very tangible very clear potential outcomes of climate change on community and professional level sport that that's a conversation i just they're not thoughts that i've had before oh how will climate change affect Aussie rules and sport. I guess I haven't really even considered it on that fairly cursory level. <laughs> My mind is like low key blown about how potentially we, the the quality of the the competition down the track could be impacted by the fact that kids won't have access to community sport because the grounds are unplayable. Uh, then I think they're very realistic concerns as well. That's not sort of worst case scenario. That's already happening. Um, there are grounds that are too hard, too cracked, underwater on fire and yeah i guess it's one of those things you just have to really sit and think about and part of getting part of your job and your role is clearly getting that information out there to not only afl players and afl fans but for just everyday punters like me i think another part of our role is not just to communicate the the problems that face us but to really communicate the solutions that are already at hand and i think that's a really important piece that that we keep coming back to 
Um, there is a lot of stuff out there that is uh, negative and focuses on the problems and that's really important because we need to share those stories. People need to be aware of that. But for us as AFL players for climate action, uh, we want to focus on positive um, stories about solutions. And there are so many out there, um, you know, for community sport, um, but also for, you know, just about every um, aspect of, you know, your own personal life, um, you know, in, in that you could think of. So, um, you know, we want to tell stories of, you know, players engaging with those solutions and, um, you know, um, taking their families and their friends on those journeys and, uh, then sharing that story with, you know, footy fans right around the country. I think that's a really important part of what our role is too. Yeah, we hear like a lot from, um, you know, people we talk to and players that, you know, I think it's undeniable that there's that climate change is an issue in a lot of cases, but what do I do? And, and people, it's easy to get bogged down by the grimness of, a lot of it and as Tom mentioned it is important that like it's a that's part of it it's reality but if we we think there's a bit of a gap in that communication about there's so many things that can be done but people don't know enough about that there's not as not, not as much access to that information um, or like Tom mentioned people focus on the negative stuff a bit too much so we don't necessarily need to add to that because that's out there and that's really playing an important role but we can hopefully we, we want to engage the disengaged and how do we do that it's um yeah making climate action seem relatable easy on a daily basis and um yeah hopefully finding the connection between footy and and, and that kind of thing so yeah that's kind of a big part of what we want to achieve by way of wrapping this up in a in a sense i'm curious to know what are some things you guys are looking forward to in the immediate term for for i guess in the remainder of 2022 what are some things we can look forward to seeing out of afl players for climate action um we've got a few pretty exciting things on the boil we're working on a film project which um will be delivered later in the year and it's about connecting with community clubs particularly around solar and re- renewable energy and uh like we've sort of alluded to like a big part of our what we want this organization to be about is is safeguarding communities, not just the elite level. Tom mentioned that before, and this is an opportunity for us to get some players to engage with their junior footy clubs and have have these important conversations and and progress those clubs into looking into solar and, and that kind of a thing. And uh, another cool thing we've we're, we're working on is, is our own podcast. So we've. Um, uh, yeah, we've we've tried to make available to our players as much as possible educational opportunities, and we were doing these webinars, and they've been they've been great. But we've had such amazing guests, uh, as Tom mentioned before, that giving up their time. These you know, you know, scientists, just really great advocates um, who have given their time, and and we just want to make sure that information is reached a bit further. So we think the podcast format. Will give us an opportunity to engage not just with our players more, but but our fans and, and and making sure that really important information can reach more ears. And something else that is really important to us is to, um, you know, offset our travel and and something that we were we were really proud to launch with last October was a partnership with Go Neutral, uh, which enables AFL players to dig into their own pockets to offset their travel for their season. So well, we ran that for last year's men's season for. Um, last year's AFLW season and it's um, launched for this year's men's season as well. So it's been really great to see players jump behind that um, and sort of take um, their own personal responsibility for their for their travel emissions related to AFL games. 
Tom Campbell, Jasper Pittard, thanks so much for coming in to talk about AFL players for climate action with us in the Art Conversation studio. It's been a great time. Can't wait to see what you guys come up with next. Thanks, Kido. Thanks, Kit. Stay up to date with everything Art Conversations via our social media platforms at rsport double underscore on the gram or via the website www.r-sportswear.com.